from Fox 8 Sports. You're listening to Fox 8 Overtime. From Fox 8 Studios here in New Orleans, welcome into Overtime, the podcast for all things sports, all things Louisiana, and everything in between. Alongside John Bennett producing and Chad hey, as well. Maybe we'll have Sean Fazan and Chris Hagan stopping by. We do expect to. It I'm is Juan late Kane. Sunday night. Yes, it is. I'm Juan Kincaid. Listen, we're talking about a Saints win. They're 3-1, and one, John Bennett. Yeah. Two games without Drew Brees, no problem. You think people are excited? They might be. It might be. How would they get in touch to let us know? Hey, we want you want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast. Are you reading off a script? It. You're, you're not very your natural. Friends, <laughs> tell your friends. If you want to get in touch with us, use that final play app, right? That's the, the one. Huddle app to submit a question. Listen, John, if you're driving to work on a Monday morning, you're a Saints fan, you're feeling pretty good about where your football team is right now. Listen, we can sit here and break down the bad of this game, which was the penalties, the struggles on penalties, the offensive line. But at the end of the day, in week 14 through 16, and this team is 11 and whatever or 10 and whatever, you're not going to look back and say, well, they barely survived that game in week four against the Cowboys. You don't care what the score was. All you care about is did you win the game or did you lose the game? And when you don't have Drew Brees, the only thing that matters is did you win or did you lose? Am I right? A hundred percent. And I think that if most Saints fans were being honest with themselves and with their memory right now, they would think back to during that Rams game when Breeze was out, it looked bleak, and the offense wasn't doing anything and the defense was giving up big plays. Yep. And I think that most Saints fans would think one and three right now. Absolutely. Instead it's three and one. You were hoping for two and two. Yeah. Come out of the four-game stretch here, this gauntlet, as they're saying, a two-and-two ball club. You're three-and-one, leading the division, and the two wins you've had recently are against teams that are expected to be in the playoffs as well. So you hold the tiebreaker against Seattle. You hold the line. You hold the tiebreaker and the line against Seattle and the Cowboys, especially the Cowboys. You know they're going to be there based on how the NFC East is playing out right now. Washington's terrible. The Giants are okay with a new quarterback. And the Eagles are floundering. You can't figure out what they're going to do. So right now the Cowboys, and I will say this, John, I think the Cowboys are a heck of a defensive football team. Yeah. I'm a little, little, little concerned about their offense. They should have done more today offensively. They tried to stick to the game plan of pound, pound, pound. When the Saints were saying, you know what, you got to beat us in the air. I'll give you two guys who, watching live, seem to really step up tonight. And it's tough to track them down in the stats. But Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Davenport. I knew you were going to say Davenport. Davenport wasn't quite getting home, but he was putting the pressure on Prescott multiple times. And I really think he spearheaded the charge on the yeah. defensive line in the pass rush department because on the interior, those guys stifled Ezekiel. David Onyemata was everywhere. Yes, he was. The return of Sheldon Rankins. Big play. That, that fourth and one at midfield when the Cowboys were pushing and they get that stop before halftime, that was huge. Saints got the ball back. They get the ball to start the third quarter. Um, I, I, I never thought I would say this. Marcus Davenport was more dangerous than Cam Jordan. It was the tandem. That was the beauty of it was it was it the was. tandem. But normally we're talking about Cam Jordan getting a sack, yeah. them having to figure out stop Cam Jordan. Tonight, uh, it, was, it was Marcus Davenport who was the more dangerous guy who was attacking that backside, that blind side of Dak Prescott. Didn't get to him all the time, but got close enough to get Dak off his spot a little bit. But I'm disappointed in the Cowboys 
because they didn't try to go to Amari Cooper more. They didn't try and stretch the field more. That same secondary has been the worst in the league at giving up big plays, and yet you rarely threw the ball down the field. They refused to change their game plan when they knew the Saints were sitting there saying, you know what, we dare you to beat us in the air where we've been beaten so many times during the first, four week, first, first three weeks of the season. Can you do what everyone else has been doing? And Dallas rarely broke away from their script and tried to go down the field. Having said that, Marcus, uh, Marshawn Lattimore needed to have a big game tonight because he's been probably the worst cornerback on the Saints secondary all season long based on his standards. What he was as a rookie, he has not played up to that standard since his rookie season. He needed to have a big game tonight. He stepped up against Amari Cooper, had a fantastic game. That defense deserves the ball because they knew they had to step up and give this team a good game because you're not sure what you're going to get from Teddy. And while I say one thing about Teddy, 23 of 31, 93, decent numbers, held the ball a couple times too long. That last time he got sacked, she'd have thrown the ball away. But the interception was not his fault. Should have been caught by, by Ted Ginn Jr. And his offensive line has let him down. When he's had positive plays, it's called back on a penalty because of holding. They've got to get that line figured out. Now, part of it is you're playing against some pretty darn good defensive fronts. Rams, Texans, Cowboys, Seattle's no slouch. Three of the highest paid defensive linemen tonight, Demarcus Lawrence, Aaron Donald, and J.J. Watt weeks one and two. Yep. And then Robert Quinn, who was like Mr. Nightmare for the Saints. Yep. Um, and I told you during the game, I realized. Who disappeared as the game went on, though. He didn't, what does effective in the second half? Yeah, I saw first? him kind of limping off. I wonder if he was dealing with something. But he, I, I don't think he has faced the Saints since the 2013 game when he got Charles Brown benched. Yeah. In, in came Taron Armstead. And I, I don't think he has faced the Saints since then. Well, that guy was a nightmare. And he was again tonight. I was going to say, Teron Armstead was exactly what Charles Brown was going through back then tonight because Teron struggled. Um, Larry Warford continues to struggle. He's, he's not had a great year. So yeah, far. and I, I wonder how much on the offensive line goes back to it's not a fault of Eric McCoy, but it speaks to just how important Max Unger was. Oh as the glue that kept them all together. And he, McCoy had a false start and a, and a holding tonight. Yeah. Um, but one weakness on the O-line can really cause other guys to make those same mistakes and get called for holding because they're overcompensating. So I wonder if that's the case. I want to get back to the defense. I will say one thing, John. Okay. There's you can blame, say multiple there's things. There's blame to go all over that offensive line. Yeah. Everyone made a mistake tonight yeah. from Pete to Unger. I mean, it's Unger. From Pete to, to um, McCoy to – Ramchek almost there. got Bridgewater Ramchick, hurt. It yeah. ended up being a roughing uh, penalty yeah. on Lawrence. So every player in the offensive line takes shoulder some of the blame yeah. tonight because they just are not playing as a good cohesive unit when it comes to pass protection. Yeah, and they have their moments, and they, they're getting out and blocking for Alvin Kamara at times. Um, on the defensive line – you could say that this was the worst game that Ezekiel Elliott has had as a pro. They held him to 35 yards on 18 carries. That's a 1.9 yards yeah. per carry average. The only other time he has been lower than two yards per carry was back in 2017 when they got blown out by the Broncos, and he only had nine carries for eight yards. So in a lot of ways, this is the most that Ezekiel Elliott has ever been bottled up, and that's impressive. That's Jason Garrett's fault. And I'll tell you why. Because the Cowboys had their most success in this game when they went hurry up. 
Did they go hurry up any other time in the game? No. They, they decided to change it up and go hurry up, and the Saints were off balance and ran down the field 85 yards, scored a touchdown, took the lead, only touchdown of the game. We did not see that kind of approach the rest of the game. That's the first drive of the third quarter, the only yes, touchdown drive the of the game. Exactly. They tried to get back to what they think they do best, which is run with Ezekiel Elliott, which is what they do do best. Run with Ezekiel, use the run, set up the pass. But the Saints, again, dared them to run the ball on them, dared them to throw it. Said, look, we're going we're gonna to play the run here take our chances with our secondary, play man up. And they did that, and it worked tonight inside the Dome. So I think that a lot of that goes on Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator there, because you've got to be able to adjust on the fly and change up what you're doing and find success. You've got to loosen up that defense a little bit, and the Cowboys refuse to even try to do that. Looking at their drives, they had three three-and-outs, including the second-to-last drive of the game. Um, but outside of the 79-yarder that you referenced to start the third quarter, or in the third quarter, yep. And then the 44-yarder on the last drive of the game that obviously ended in the interception. Mm -hmm. But other than that, they had drives of 26, 29, 5, 22, 32, 12, and 8. And granted, some of the problems the Saints had with penalties, Cowboys had the same problems. They had six penalties. Um, They had a number of penalties. Cowboys, Saints had nine for 80. They had six for 64. And again, sometimes it's not the amount of penalties you have. It's when they happen. And theirs happened a couple of times when they got first downs and brought it back. One was a push-off on an offensive pass interference on that, on that. I think it was the last drive of the game. So I, they, I just thought the Cowboys played a really bad game here. But, you know, they, if you look at their first, two, first three games, two of the first three games they started slow. They played down to the competition. Yeah, they were trailing the Dolphins. Yeah. So, I mean, what we saw tonight, we should not have been surprised by it because, yeah, they're a good football team. But they have not played up to the level that yeah. they should be playing. Yeah, the the teams entered with a combined record of one and eight that they've beaten. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think there was a big question mark of, you know, where does the truth lie? Are the Cowboys that good? And I are think the opponents are. that bad? I think it's somewhere in the middle. I, I think it is. I think they're a good football team. Yeah, but I think their offense, outside of Cooper and Elliott, what else do you have? It's all, it well, and, and Gallup, Gallup was injured, so that hurt. Um, it reminds me of the Saints' offense because you really Kamara, Michael Thomas, Drew Brees. Yeah. What else do you have? I'll tell you what. Randall Cobb had two drops. Yep. Uh, I would One say drops. One behind him. Yeah. Um, but the touch at both off his hands. Yeah. And they were, they were pivotal plays. Yeah. Um, on the Saints, they dominated time of possession, 36 minutes to 24 minutes. But the big glaring issue is an 0 for 4 in the red zone. Ended up with four field goals. I think that with Teddy, you don't – you can't have the imagination in the offense that you have with Drew. Um, he just doesn't read the read the defense like Drew does. He doesn't get the ball out of his hands quick enough like Drew does. And you notice the Saints, the way they play tonight offensively, they did a lot of stuff outside the tackles. It was either run right or run left. Get uh, Alvin Kamara A lot of misdirection. Because those Cowboys line. linebackers are Ridiculous. so fast. Ridiculous. That if you force them, if, if you are able to trick them into going the wrong way, then instead of just being one step the wrong way, they're two steps the wrong way, and that gives you the opening yeah. the other way. So, I mean, I, I just think Sean Payton, uh, I'll give him credit, masterful game of calling plays because he had to call based on the opponent they were facing, based on that second-level that, that second defense they were facing, knowing you've got linebackers that can run like gazelles and get to the outside. And I thought a lot of the plays they ran were outside the tackles, uh, the misdirection, as you said, and they had to, it had to be that way because that, they weren't getting a lot of stuff up the middle until fourth quarter when Murray got in the game, was falling forward, and, 
and uh, they were getting play, getting run yards that way. So I thought Sean Payton did a nice job calling plays. But, man, I, I, going forward, it doesn't matter what plays they call. If they can't get this offensive line figured out, there's something wrong with the cohesion there and their ability to – to block without holding or open up holes and, and let, you know, just the mistakes they're making there. It's, and I don't want to put it all on McCoy and say, you know, if if, uh, Matt, if um, Unger would have been there, he wouldn't be having these problems. But maybe that's part of it because you have a center that's young there and you're having these problems with a young center and there's a lack of communication there. Or something is going on with that offensive line. It's, it's, it's just, it, it fathoms me. Hey, Chris Hagan just stopped by. Good to see you, Chris. Hello, Juan. How you doing? <laughs> doing fine. What do you think of that game, man? Man, that was something else. And that, that's a game that, uh, look, regardless of the circumstances, who's injured and who's not, if you say the Saints are 3-1 and one at this point, yep, you take it. Yeah. No questions asked. What was the sentiment in the locker room afterward? Uh, the sentiment was that was the game they were expecting. They were expecting a physical game. Um, you know, Bridgewater mentioned it. You know, they had to hear for a year about how Dallas out-physicaled them last year in Dallas. Um, so they knew that was the kind of game that they were going to have to come out and play, and I think they did that on both sides of the ball, and it and it went a long way. Are you surprised that the Cowboys didn't adjust as offensively as well as they should have? I thought they should have tested the Saints secondary more because this is a secondary. The first three weeks has been easy to throw deep on, deep ball on, and the Cowboys refused to go down the field. Well, Sean Sean Fazan and I were talking about that on the way back to the station from the dome, and. Um, <sighs> It seemed like the Cowboys turned a corner on that drive where they went right down the field. They had the big First pass over the, the middle quarter. to Jarwin, um, and then they get in the end zone. I just think they, they had a few plays that hit. I don't think they were getting open downfield. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think Dak was bad. He didn't really make any bad throws. He took what was there. He took completions. He, you know, rolled out, kept his eyes downfield, but guys just weren't getting open. And Sean uh, mentioned it to me earlier in the game. Just you could see the first – I guess a couple of drives. It, I don't know if Amari Cooper is totally 100%. He, he came up on the injury report a couple times. He ha I don't know if he's been 100% this year. He's been dealing with something with his foot, I believe, since camp. Uh, but he's a guy that, if you're into the statistics and the numbers, he's a guy that among receivers, his his separation is among the best in the league. He's always finds a way to get open. He could not tonight. Yeah. No, I'm not taking away from Marshawn Lattimore. He played a really good yeah. game. When he needed to. Yes. Um, but I don't know that he was able to get open downfield. Obviously, Michael Gallup had a big game last year lining up against Eli Apple. He was not there. So I just think the Saints did a really good job. They got pressure, and on a lot of those third downs, even in some like third and medium situations, they only brought three mm -hmm. and dropped eight in coverage and made Dak have to make a tremendous throw or guys get open. It just wasn't there. I think the Saints just – I don't know if – I don't think it's Dallas's play calling and not testing the secondary. I just think – they were playing a safe game because it was such a close game. I was just surprised that, you know, they come out in the third quarter, their first drive of the third quarter, they go right down the field and score the touchdown because they got into a rhythm and tempo. They went no huddle, and we didn't see that the rest of the game really from them. Um, granted, probably the Saints had a lot to do with that, getting off the field three and out, but I, I would have thought that Jason Garrett would have said, you know what, we found something here, let's try to keep on doing it because what we're doing, beating our heads against the wall here, trying to run it with Ezekiel Elliott because the Saints were playing mm -hmm. for the run, saying, look, you're going to beat us, beat us in the passing game. And the Cowboys refused to uh, kind of change their ways. John mentioned, and we were talking about this before you guys got here, that we thought that Marcus Davenport had his best game in a long, long time. And he was the more dangerous rush in than Cam Jordan tonight. He seemed he didn't, he didn't get to, to uh, Dak, but he got – 
he made Dak feel in there. He felt, moved him off his spot a little bit. I thought Davenport did a really nice job. Yeah, I, I think Davenport did play well. Um, I think one of the key second down plays he made, because I believe they got Dallas off the field afterward, there was a reverse they ran where Davenport was able to force the runner yes, back, back inside, inside yeah. mm -hmm. and kept him from getting the edge and possibly having a really big play. Um, so, yeah, he's he's been playing well, and I think he's been playing well throughout the year. But we haven't been calling his yeah. name uh, for, for any wrong reason, so I think he did have a good game. I think that whole line had a good game. Um, even Sheldon Rankins, who talked talking to him in the locker room after, this is a guy that comes back from an Achilles injury. And I brought up, when I asked him this question, the words that he said Alex Okafor, who dealt with the same thing last year, told him. He said, when you come back, don't hold back, exactly. cut it loose. Yep. And Sheldon Rankins dropped into coverage probably three or four times tonight. So he, that, that Achilles He's is good because he was totally Having working it out tonight. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so I think that whole line had a good game. Sean Zan's also with us now. Sean, listen, I think that this defense gave this team the kind of performance it had to have tonight. Against oh, yeah. a, a, a talented Cowboys team that, as Chris was saying a minute ago, punched the Saints in the mouth last year with their offensive line and on defense as well. And the Saints remember that. Look, I thought it, that Saints didn't score a touchdown. I mean, so when you look at it, just on the surface, victory, no touchdown. Yeah. What's the first? Defense must have balled out. Yeah. They did. That's a game. I know Jim Moore was in the building tonight. Jim Moore would have been proud of. Yeah. That's a throwback to the late 80s, early 90s Saints where you win with ball control, defense, special teams, field position, and a quarterback that takes care of the ball yeah. and does not make mistakes. I know he had the one interception, but that not, was not, not, his, his, fault. Fault. not his fault. But it's, it's a totally different way of looking at the Saints team. But at the end of the day, they're 3-1. and one. And none of us thought they'd be 3-1 and one after Breeze got injured. But it's like they've – They've morphed into this team that and, – and, and I asked Demario Davis this question after the game because, you know, I asked him, does the defense uh, – is it in the back of your mind at all that you have to play a different way, that you have to play better because of the type of game it is, the opponent, and who's that quarterback? And he said, no, it's, it's, it's you know, the whole team, huh. offense, defense, special teams every single week. And I think this team has kind of become one that can win in a number of ways – there are a lot of teams that have won a lot of NFL games. The Patriots, look what they did today mm -hmm. against the Bills without having a quarterback throw for 350 and four touchdowns. And I think the Saints, maybe you don't consciously do it, and it is a bit game flow, but you can win games without Breeze lighting well, look, it up. Well, look, the Saints had to do this last year when Breeze, when the offense kind of fell off towards the end of the season. It's true. Um, now they have, they're having to do it again now. Um, but you know what? So be it. <laughs> so be it. You're 3-1. and one. Probably, I have no idea what the actual numbers are in terms of uh, win percentage of their opponents, but they played three straight, you know, uh, four straight undefeated teams, if you, want yeah. to think of, if you want to call Houston an undefeated team. So, I mean, it's been a gauntlet of the first quarter of the season. You survive. Now, all of a sudden, week five this looks a little more difficult now because Tampa all of a sudden is a team that yeah. looks like they can uh, certainly play. But it's interesting because, you know, I think a lot of us thought it was going to be kind of a grinded out, kind of a defensive struggle, but none of us thought the Saints would not score a touchdown. We thought they would get in. Um, but nonetheless, they figured out a way, and they managed. And when your Hall of Fame quarterback is out and you're 2-0 without him so yeah. far, that's all you can that's ask for. I actually thought this was going to be a game where the Saints would be chasing. Um, I just thought their defense, the Dallas' defense, mm -hmm. would be a little bit too much for the offensive line and maybe a little too much for Teddy. He's still trying to get up to speed with this offense. 
Um, but, you know, when you look at how the ball was distributed tonight, obviously Alvin Kamara, 69 yards, 17 carries. Wasn't spectacular, but when he needed a big run, that big 12-yard run mm-hmm. he had in the fourth quarter was amazing. Michael Thomas targeted nine times, all nine completions. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Teddy had a favorite guy to go to. He still holds the ball too long? Yes. Yes. understand it. He needs to throw the ball away when he took a sack. We get that. But the biggest thing about him, he's not turning the ball over. As you and that is and embedded in his part. brain right it now. It is. It is embedded. I am not turning the ball over. Chris, you were in there post game. I heard it in my ear when I was doing setting up for the live shot. I wasn't in the post game locker room at that point. But the last sack, which was really not a good play by him, the last sack he took, in his mind, first 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 read was taken away. I've got to take care of the ball now. I don't care what I got to do. I'm taking yeah. care of the ball, and he just ran yeah. backwards and got sacked. But still, that that's how much it's embedded in his brain. He was willing to take a sack where he completely knocked him out of field goal range to take care of the football. I think that's a play, too. When you talk about throwing the ball away from inside the tackle box where he would have mm-hmm. been, you got to be careful on those. One, for intentional grounding. Two, because that's a ball I could easily see him trying to – he says he's got to find a way to get it away. Without the reps, without doing that much, I could easily see that ball just going a little too close to the sideline, yes. being a dangerous throw to make. He's not going to make it. He's not comfortable making it. And, and it's there – um, you can tell, like you mentioned, where his comfort zone is, and that's Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when I asked him about that internal balance between taking risks and being smart with the football, the times he brought up when they did, quote, take risks or threw the ball down the field, it was Michael Thomas on the yeah. back shoulder, which is relatively a very safe throw yeah. if you throw it in the right spot. Either your receiver gets it or nobody gets Those it. Those are the only two that I can recall – that were really down. That the were field. between like that fifteen to twenty yard area of the field. The other everything he, else was within ten yards. The other one he made probably about that distance was the Ted Ginn one that was intercepted. Intercepted, yes. And that should have been a ball that was caught. Yeah. So I think he made the right decisions with the football. It's just he's not going to to risk it. And this is this is the game that you don't risk it because the turnovers that the Saints got. You mentioned the yardage yeah. wasn't a lot, but they got the field goals because they started and good field position for most of their drives. I like the fact this team is just doing whatever it takes to win. Yeah, and, and look. And that's what they are right now. And look, when you're a backup quarterback, and right now Teddy Bridgewater is, a, is the backup quarterback, it is your job to do whatever you have to do to win games. And as a team, it is your job to do whatever you have to do yeah. to win games. And it's happening. So, um, and look, I think there's a general acceptance of the reality of, of what, what this team has dealt with right now. It's, it's not going to look the same. Mm-hmm. It's not going to look the same. you got to grind it out, so be it. They had 36 minutes of time of possession to – the Cowboys Which, 23. When, you, when this game started, you thought maybe the other way around. Right. You know, Cowboys be the ones. It's winning football. Counted, and they just yeah. finished drives at the end there. And, and, look, there was a couple questionable calls and no calls. I thought the, the biggest one had to be when Teddy slid and got hit. I thought that should have been a penalty. I didn't. I well, didn't. No, not that if you, if you call the Von they called Bell it on Von earlier. Bell. No, that's what I was saying. I didn't think the Von Bell one today was a penalty mm-hmm. either. should not have been. Not but have since been. they called well, it, since since they they you got to be consistent. That's what you're saying, yeah. Since they called it today, yeah, be consistent. But I thought both both calls – should not have been called, in my opinion. The, the big elephant in the room, what is wrong with this offensive line? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's sloppy technique. It's um, – this is – they're getting beat. But, look, they played a uh, they ferocious played a really defensive line. It's been so four that, weeks that's going to happen. But, look, look, like we said, one's an accident, two's a trend, three's a problem. I said it on final play tonight. Um, this is three weeks in a row with multiple penalties that – it's either drive killing penalties or drive you can't even get out the gate penalties because you're already starting first and 20 on your first play. And look, 
I don't care if you don't think this is holding. Oh, they're calling too tight, or it, it's not. We don't think it's holding. You gotta adjust your game at this exactly, point now. Yeah. You've got to adjust your game to the way you're being called. Well, you look I, at the replays though, and they they were the right calls. Some yeah, of, yeah most got, got the overall majority the were the right calls. The, I was and I was trying to give the offensive line a break. Like I was looking to give them a break because okay, maybe they're protecting a little longer for Teddy. Maybe um, they're still adjusting to him and how fast or slow the ball is coming out. That wasn't the case, no. man. I mean, some of it was they got beat. The only way to save Teddy from getting his head taken off was to hold. But there were other plays. Some of them were, were unnecessary plays. Um, there was a hold on a screen play that, that went for good yardage. That was totally unnecessary. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it, it's a problem. It's, it's, a, it's a recurring trend. The, the, the only thing I will say is that you look at the teams they played in these first four weeks, and they've all have had brutal pass rushing teams. Mm -hmm. I mean, every single one of them. You're you're facing the best of the best early on. Yeah. So I'm gonna be like this as you go down the line. So you hope the offensive line continues to join <laughs> but together. But Shaquille Barrett has been a monster for the Bucks. Nine sacks. Yeah. So in four games. That's another one that's coming yeah. up. Look, I I just think from the offensive line standpoint, each man has to just look themselves look, in exactly, the mirror. Yeah. Be honest. Um, I don't think anyone gets demoted yet. Um, because it's been equal opportunity. Well, right. well, demoted, but you look at what we're coming up in their place. It's not, it doesn't get better. Yeah, all have is, is uh, what, uh, Omo May and Will Clapp Will Clapp was hurt this week. Um, I don't, Nick Easton as well. I don't think there's a demotion coming. But let me ask you, Larry Warford has had a struggle he this season. If there's anybody that's going to be replaced with, with Easton, I'd say it would be him. I, and he's never been a problem his first two years here. Yeah, and all of a sudden now, something it's, it's something, it's just not working for him exactly. right now with the holding penalties. Yeah. Um, Andrew Speed had one. Armstead had one. McCoy, McCoy had two. two. Everyone had something tonight. Um, I don't know I don't if Ramchek got I think one. Ramchek had one. But for whatever reason, I mean, it was just not, it, you can't be that undisciplined now. Like, you have no more excuses. Like, you're – and here's the other part. We're a quarter into this thing now. So, you know who you, you're getting – your identity is being established. They say normally between, like, the first quarter to six games of the season, you're figuring out who you are. So, you're at that point now where – you can honestly self-evaluate and then, you know, start from there to improve. Uh, as the team goes forward here, Tampa Bay coming into the Dome next weekend. We know what happened last year when the Bucks started the season in the Dome here, mm -hmm. a real shootout. Um, it's hard to gauge who they are. <laughs> it's hard to gauge who the rest of the NFC South Look, is man. right now. The Falcons, what's going on there? Carolina's winning with a backup. Who there may be a quarterback controversy there now because they're winning with it. Do you bring Jameis Winston? I mean, I think Cam James, James could take his time coming back now, man. You Cam? might as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not, not Cam, not right? Cam. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not Jameis. Cam is going to take his time coming back now. Uh, look, the Bucks are the Bucks are a team, dude. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what's dangerous about them is that receiving combo of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um, I didn't get a chance to, to watch the the Rams game today with the Bucks in its entirety, but you look at what Mike Evans did the week before against the Giants. You got to cover him; he's gonna yeah. eat you up. He and Marshawn are and have so fun again. I would imagine just looking at the numbers and seeing what I did see, uh, the Rams give Mike Evans the Michael Thomas treatment where they double him, and then Chris Godwin goes off. That is a, as just as lethal, and I think that's going to be the challenge. Is you put at Lattimore on Evans and Eli Apple's trying to cover Chris Godwin. If we're looking at next week, that's that's what stands out to me. Yeah, This game is not as easy as we thought it was going to be and probably was not going to be as easy as we thought it was going to be regardless just because, you just like you said, Juan, you never know with Tampa. And you never know when t Saints and Tampa meet. Weird things happen 
you know, Fitzmagic last year. I can remember, you know, Sean Payton got hurt against Tampa. I can recall the Lightning game uh, last year in Tampa. That was a, the game it was a where, weird uh, game, and Taysom Hill blocks the punt. I mean, it's always crazy was things happen. Jameis, like, shoved the play. Was he shoved Lattimore or something? Uh, Mike Evans, when he, yeah. like, speared Marshawn Lattimore on the back. Yeah, that's what it was. It was so, – so, point being, it's an NFC South game. Um, is this the first NFC South game? Yeah, it's the first one. Yeah, will be yes. So it should be, it could be the only one that Breeze doesn't have to play for. And I think reasonably we can look at it and say the Saints are the best team in the division. It does not that does not guarantee you anything though if you're going to win. Well, they're the best team with Drew Brees quarterback, and I'm not sure if they're the best team with with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Uh, but the good I, I like the fact they're a little battle tested right now. They're a little yeah. resilient. What what we don't know yet is. Okay, I don't think Teddy's had a, has been down by more than three nope. points in the, in the two games he's played. What happens if it's twenty to ten in the fourth quarter, and he, you got to rely on your guy? Yeah. We don't know yet. It, it could happen. It may not. If there's no penalties, the offense right. is effective. In my, opinion. I I haven't seen any, like I haven't seen anything where Teddy is, you know, in a second and medium or third and short that makes me say this guy can't convert right. these these downs, but. Anybody's going to struggle in first and 20 and yeah. second and 20. That's where the offense becomes ineffective. And, again, I, I think this has become an offense that maybe doesn't take as many risks mm -hmm. with Teddy. But at the same time, let's not act like the Saints aren't running screens and getting the ball to yeah. guys underneath a ton with Drew Brees, too. This isn't the shot team down the field of 2009. This is this is an offense with different weapons that's, that can be more ball control. So, um, regardless, you, you just can't be playing behind the sticks like they have been. Well, we're going to leave it right there. Saints get the win 12-10 over the Dallas Cowboys. 3-1 on the season, 2-0 under Teddy Bridgewater, picking up their first win without a touchdown since 98. John Bennett, sound good to you? Yeah, it's crazy. Saints 3-1, Bucks in town next week. Before you go, a quick reminder and request to subscribe to this podcast channel to automatically get all of our content. Also, please rate and review the podcast to help spread the word. If you want to get in touch with us, Use the Final Play app, our Tiger Huddle app, to submit a question. That's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you next time on Overtime. At Keesler Federal Credit Union, if it's important to you, it's important to us. Here, you're more than a customer. You're a member. And we're more than a financial services provider. We're your financial partner with a genuine interest in your life. So whether you want the best rate on a credit card for the things you love, a home loan for the people you love, or savings and checking that work as hard as you do, we've got you covered. And that's a good thing. From Fox 8 Sports, this has been Fox 8 Overtime.